Welcome to Genius Leadership Overcoming Everything podcast. I'm your host, Anna Liebel, a mind shifter, helping male leaders in tech get out of the firefighter mode, become the proactive leaders they want to be, and enjoy the ride as they go. Join me every week for honest, insightful conversations with corporate, entrepreneurial, and academic leaders about their rollercoaster ride to leading from their zone of genius. If you find the show valuable, could you do me a favor? Rate and review the podcast. Share it with your network so that more of us can live a healthier and happier life. And for now, let's take the ride together. Hey, Genius Leader. Today you are for, up for a treat, <laughs> a solo treat again. I will try to do it that way that we uh, shift between guest episodes and solo episodes. And I try to keep both formats uh, short and sweet so that you get the value of uh, using less or spending the minimum of your time for that. Today, I want to talk about four things that you want to get from a coach of yours. And that is inspired by my reflections and the previous interview with Lise, who was my coach, and some conversations with people who are new in my network. And we discussed how I get results for my clients and what is good about coaching with uh, or like working with me. And at the same time, one of the coaches whom I'm following on the business coaching side has been having a discussion about the things that she hates about the coaching industry at the moment. So all these things come together and I, I thought of putting a list of things that I feel bring most results for my clients. And I want to walk you through that list and feel free to react to that in the social media, uh, reach out on LinkedIn or Instagram, write to me in the, in the private messages there, whether you agree or disagree, whether you think I've missed something essential. And I do think there, there are things for me there that are so obvious that, that are my blind spots. I just feel like they're by default part of the definition of being a coach. Uh, so maybe you want to add something there and maybe disagree with some of the points that I will be talking about. So let's, let's dive in. Four things. The first one is judgment versus curiosity. This is something I hear a lot from my clients that they never feel judged whenever they come into the session and they want to share whatever they want. They feel free to do it because they feel like they will not get any judgment from me whatsoever. And for some people, it was quite shocking to have that experience and that and that feeling because they always feel like they're judged by the others. It's a lot in the mind shift or in the mindset, which we usually work with, with the mind shifting, to for them to realize that no, they, they're projecting things that are within, so judgment that is within, onto the other people. But it's still a huge part of me as a coach to provide that space where there is no judgment. And to oppose that or to create that space, what I use is curiosity. I do believe that this is one of the main things that a good leader can do and generally a good human. If you are curious, if you're generally interested in understanding why the person is behaving the way that they do, they, they say the things that they say and so on and so forth, that steers the questions that you ask. And it also changes the nature of your listening. When you really want to understand, you take it in a flow. It is a dialogue. And I, I think I've uh, mentioned this before on the podcast, the, the example of when several clients, with, it was th three clients within the same week, whom I asked a question during a session, and they would laugh and say, yeah, I know where you're coming with this one. And I had to laugh back and say, I have no clue where I'm coming with this question, because it all depends on your answer. It's not like I have a script of X questions and I need to ask them during the session to guide you or to bring you to this idea that I want you to get to. No, your insights are within you. 
and I'm there to guide you, but I don't have the itinerary. That's not the point. We're on expedition of your internal world, of the way you think, your thinking patterns. And that is the mind shifting. We are, sh- like we are changing the thinking patterns and that peels away the stuff that doesn't belong to your identity, but was put there. And I think the curiosity is one of the huge parts of the success or like ingredients of that formula. How to ask the right questions, how to listen in a real, authentic way, and how to lead a conversation that really is judgment-free. So I want you to think about that. If you've ever been in a coaching relationship where you are right now, or you're contemplating someone, think about it. How does that coach make you feel? Do you feel judged anytime? Or is that genuine curiosity coming through in the conversation? Second thing I want you to look at is mirroring. This is also a huge part of coaching to me to show people their blind spots, to help them understand what they don't see or don't understand or misinterpret and so on. And for that, I need to mirror. And unfortunately, there is quite some smoky mirror stuff going on in the coaching industry right now, including the stuff in the conversation when people think they mirror to you what they're observing you. But unfortunately, that is more a projection of their own stuff onto you as a client. This is a tricky one because it's difficult sometimes to understand whether that's really your blind spot and you, for example, you can hear from a coach when they say something to you, like turning things around to you and you're like, no, this is not how it is. And, and, and just that doesn't resonate at all. And there it's important to understand, is it really something that doesn't belong in your conversation, in your session, in your life, in your head, or is this no reaction, a part of or result of discomfort of going to something that actually will help you grow. So this one is a tricky one, but I think it's very important for coaches to keep practicing, to keep improving their skills of mirroring. And for that, I think it's very important that the coaches have their own ways of dealing with their stuff so that their things are processed. And when they come in a in relationship with you or in a session with you, they don't have their own stuff to process. They can solely focus on you and your stuff. And then it becomes easier to not project things on you, but to mirror to you what you have. So it might be a bit a tricky one. And I would love to hear your thoughts on this one, whether you feel like there are some easy ways of doing it, identifying it when you're trying to uh, find a coach and choose someone to work with. So because I think this is something that usually comes a bit longer down the way. Uh, it's difficult to get into one session, if especially if you never follow the person, you don't know their, from their content, or you have never had any relationship before. But we all have the feeling, the gut feeling, and um, some of us are better tuned into that than the others. So I would love to know how your experience with that is. Third thing I want you to look uh, for and get from a coach is a person who is daring to go into the uncomfortable with you. And what I mean here is your growth and the growth pains. Whenever you grow, whenever you develop, whenever you level up, it gets messy in the middle. It can get ugly because it's uncomfortable. Inevitably, I get those points with the clients when they want to kind of get out of the coaching session or of the coaching relationship by saying, I don't have time for this, or I don't find value in this, or I think this is too expensive. And sure, those things can happen, right? And then, then it was a mistake of ours in the beginning to, to go into the coaching relationship if, if there is some misalignment. But every time I've had that conversation, never was about the person really wanting to leave and being satis- dissatisfied with my 
services. It was about the fear to step into what the unknown where we were getting to. It usually happens several weeks into the coaching relationship, up to one and a half month or so. And I do coaching every week. And that is usually when we have scratched the surface enough and we manage to get deeper and it becomes uncomfortable because subconsciously, quite often subconsciously, people understand that now they start to rewire their identity. They get to the things that they hate about themselves, annoyed with, but they are so much part of their identity that they're scared to walk, work through them because they don't know what's on the other side and who will be left of them. What of them will be left once they have got rid of this habit, they change their thinking pattern, and so on. It's scary. And when we're scared, we can function differently, right? And one of the natural responses is flight or fight. And my job as a coach is to stay with you in that discomfort, to guide you through that process, to not take it personally, and to dare to go deeper and to guide you to go deeper. So that's what I want you to look at. Is the person is daring or is the person pleasing? I'm okay with leaving the session on not so good terms with my client. If I know that that is the discomfort that is really leading them to the inside, they're just, on the, like, just about to open the door. I don't have to feel like my, my clients are happy after every session. If it's two sessions in a row, then it's a trigger for me to think about what is going on right now. Am I not performing well and so on and so forth? But one time is fine because then the person gets one week to process the things that we have discussed, to sleep over them and to land into this understanding that something is happening right now and something big and something important for them. And with that understanding, they come to the next session and they usually accept it. Quite often, they even write a message before, like, I'm sorry for what I said. I didn't really mean it. And uh, I actually am happy uh, that we're still working together and stuff like that. Every single time I managed to guide the person through that process meant a huge transformation on the other side, meant meeting a completely different person in a good way, a happier person, because they dared to stay there and to keep peeling away the layers that don't belong to them. And that's the thing. When a coach is trying to please the person, they will just go with the flow. They will not dare to challenge you because that will mean that the client is unhappy. And that is not what you want, especially the clients that I work with, uh, successful male leaders. They used to be in the dominant person in the room. They used to be the decision maker and so on and so forth. And they come to me because I dare to challenge that. I dare to call them on their bullshit. And if I try to please them, then what's the point of them paying me? That's not why they come to me. And ugly and uncomfortable that it might be in the moment, I'm there to stay professional, but also human. And to guide them through the process, to hold that space for the ugliness, for the discomfort, for, for the negative emotions to come through. And just as we discussed in the last week's episode with Lise, when I was a coachee of hers, we had those moments as well. And it was extra difficult because we're also friends. We're, only, we we're not only in a coaching professional environment or relationship with each other. But that's the thing. She stayed professional with me. And she guided me very gently, very caringly, but very stiff in a good way, stiffly in a good way, uh, firmly. She guided me through that process. She held that space where I could get my fear through the ugly emotions that might come out to process the things and to open up for the transformation that was coming behind. So think about it. Is the coach that you're talking uh, to, like whether you have already chosen them or you may be uh, contemplating a coach, 
Are they ready to challenge you? Are they daring to go through the discomfort? And also important here to realize that it should be a person who is not having that as part of their identity. I make people cry on my sessions or like, I don't know, every client who takes pride in being hated by their clients in the sessions and stuff like that. This is probably not what you want. And we'll come to that a bit in the, in the last point and fourth one. But this is not what will help you grow. When you learn that the goal of the coach is to come in every session, make you cry and then get out of there and feel pride for that, this is not the, the right place to be. Because maybe not always you need to cry. Of course, there are moments when the, those things are part of the process and they need to take place. But that should not be the goal. That should be the means to the transformation that you want to achieve. So think about that. And also ask the coach or potential coach of yours, what are their ways to process things? I think this is also a very good way of seeing, are they always filling their cup to spill over and fill yours? Are they? Do they have the tools, the relationships, the, the spaces where they can go and process things where, through which they can grow? And it ties back to the second point of projection versus mirroring. If the person doesn't know where to get their own development, they will try to do it with you as the coachee. But that shifts the dynamic and that's wrong. Of course, I learn, I develop a lot through my sessions with my clients, but it's never the means. That's a side effect of me being curious, being daring with them, being the one who mirrors a lot. So I hope you're sensing this difference that I have, I always have some coaches. I've started with a therapy now a couple of months ago. So I I have a beautiful relationship with my husband with whom we're discussing a lot of things super openly and helping each other grow and support each other and so on. I have friendships. So those are the things that I always invest in my time, my energy, my money to have them, to be able to grow to be able to process things, whatever comes my my way, so that whenever I show up for my clients, I'm fully there. And that also is why I'm limiting my capacity. I I don't take more than eight clients at the same time. And you can think like, yeah, I could actually theoretically do eight sessions in a day, not in a week, but it's about the headspace and about the time that it takes for, for me to process the stuff, to channel the things that people come to me with, to reform them somehow. I, I reread a lot of literature or re- listen to podcasts, re- uh, read some articles, look for research and so on in between the sessions to bring more insights to my, my clients. I do my homework on that side. And it's all, not only about the knowledge, but it's also about the emotional charge and so on and so forth. I need to develop. I need to charge myself all the time that I can be the, the best coach for my, for my clients. And that is this thing that a lot of people don't understand when they think oh your your sessions like if i break it per hour they cost quite a lot and i'm like no because you don't see a lot of work that is going on behind the scenes and also my accessibility to my clients that they they can message me anytime and i will reply within the hours that are stated in the in our contract but that availability and the work that i do in behind the scenes to be able to come and be this transformational drive force for you that takes much more than this 55 minutes of the session per week. That's the, the price. So look at that. Look at how resourceful your coach or potential coach is and, and what, what are their ways to, to keep filling their cup so that it's always overflowing into their clients. Lastly, and it should be a super obvious thing, 
But somehow I've, I've seen that not happening sometimes in the coaching relationships. It's important that you feel safe. None of the other things, especially judgmental part and, and daring to be mirrored, can happen if you don't feel safe in the coaching relationship. It's so important to, to feel like you, you can come fully as yourself, that you can be in that room with soft walls, as Daniel Carson, one of my uh, podcast guests and clients, said. I feel like you, I'm coming in a, soft, uh, in a room with soft walls and I can just freely bounce around without being hurt. This is the feeling you want to get from your client, uh, from your coach. This is the feeling that w- will help you grow, will help you open up about things that are uncomfortable, will help you to peek into those rooms that you have been having shut for all your life. You need to feel safe. And especially if you're a leader whom everyone is looking up to, who is supposed to have answers for everyone and for everything. It's important to have this outlet where you can feel safe to say, I don't know. I have no clue. I'm confused. Let me think at you and explore my answer because right now I don't know to say I'm wrong. And of course, I hope that we'll get to the the place in the world and society where it's okay for any leader to say, I don't know, in front of their people and different stakeholders like board of directors, investors, and so on. Right now, it's not the case. But what we can change is to do it gradually and take one step at a time and Find one room where you feel safe to explore. And then maybe find another room or invite one more person into that room. And that's how you can grow your influence slowly, by feeling safe first in a small environment and then growing that one. So I hope this gives you some food for thought, uh, reflection. As I said earlier, please feel free to reach out to me and share your thoughts and experiences, whether I've missed anything that you feel is very important in the coaching relationship, whether there are any things that annoy you the hell out of you in this space at the moment. Now, what have been your bad experiences? What have been your good experiences? And um, if you do want any help right now, I do take in new clients since some of my previous clients are in a very good space and I'm happily discontinuing relationship with them. That means I do have capacity for several one-to-one clients. And if you want to experience that in action to try it without commitment or long-term, I do offer mind-shifting intensives, which are 45-minute calls. The link is always in the show notes. This is the one-off commitment and uh, a time for yourself, uh, an opportunity for you to test how is it to get into the room where it's safe to bounce around, where you're not judged, when you will be called on your bullshit and mirrored the things that you might not see because they're your blind spots, and where I'll dare to stay in the discomfort with you, whatever it means. No physical violence, please. So reach out about the uh, mind shifting experience, which is a half year commitment, or just book the intensive and let's take it from there. Thank you as always for being part of this community, Genius Leadership Community, and talk to you next week. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Genius Leadership. If you enjoyed the conversation, hit the subscribe button to not miss an episode. And to help more people become even better leaders, rate and review our podcast and share it with your communities. For more conversations about living and leading from your zone of genius, connect with me on LinkedIn. Genius Leadership is an honest conversation about leading yourself and others. And it's my honor to be your guide in overcoming everything 